Hey guys, we're changing up the plan this week a little bit. Uh, we're continuing with our Worship 101 series. This is part three, and we're calling this a snapshot of New Testament worship. We're going to get a little more of this next week. Hopefully, it'll be live again from Sunday morning. Uh, but today, I'm going to read from Colossians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. It says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts. Some translations will say with thankfulness in your hearts or gratefulness in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now, this gives us some really good foundation for what does our worship look like when we come together as the church. Like, we could choose from thousands, hundreds of thousands of songs from all kinds of authors. We can pick from so much good material and not only in our songs, but also in the rest of our life. You know, your whole life is a song. The song that our life is singing uh, matters. And there's a few principles here from these two verses. I'm going to quickly move through them. Healthy worship in the local church and in our personal lives includes the Word of Christ. It should include much truth, the gospel truth, the good news of what Jesus has done. Your worship diet, my worship diet, should include singing the truth of Jesus, singing the good news. There's nothing wrong with singing songs of simple adoration. Um, I wrote one years ago called I Love You. Um, the chorus is just singing, I, I am so in love with you. And we're singing to Jesus and some would say, oh, that's just sentimentality. And I would say, no, what's it rooted in? If we're singing about the gospel and then we're responding to the good news of that we are saved through Christ, we are set free, we have been chosen, we've been ransomed, we've been redeemed, we're promised everlasting life uh, with God's people and with God forever it's okay to respond to all that and say, wow, Jesus, I love you. That's good. But we also want to make sure we're singing the truth of all of what I just said. You know, the, the actual content of the, the gospel of salvation through Christ, the gospel of the kingdom of God, these things matter. So we want to be including the word of Christ in our worship together. Secondly, uh, what Paul just told the Colossians is that when we gather, we are called to teach and admonish one another. So the songs we sing, and I said a minute ago, the lives we live are actually teaching and admonishing something. So we want to be purposeful about what we're taking in so that we have something to teach. And we have something to uh, build up and even correct. Admonishing isn't just like a harsh rebuke. It's, it's like a, a more gentle 
redirecting the church, our song should not only be emotional, but our song should give answers and encouragement, wisdom, strength, and challenge to the church. And then Paul says, we're speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. What is that? Psalms simply is directing or directly quoting and singing scripture. The book of Psalms itself demonstrates a very holistic version of worship, and we can choose songs from the book of Psalms, but also from other places in scripture. And when we directly quote from scripture in song, we are singing a psalm. And then we have uh, hymns. Hymns are humanly composed songs based on scripture. So we develop a theme. We can sing a song about salvation, a song about the cross, a song about the grace of God, a song about his kindness, or a song about his goodness. We develop a theme on that. We call that a hymn. A hymn isn't just an old song that goes verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. A hymn is a humanly composed song based on scripture. And then thirdly, we have spiritual songs that literally are spirit songs. That's what that means. Spirit songs, songs of the spirit. They're unplanned, unrehearsed, spontaneous songs that happen as we worship. So a song from your heart expressing what God is saying to you or expressing what you desire to say to him. Hebrews 2.12 says that Jesus himself, actually, here's I'll just quote it. Hebrews 2.12, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. That's from the New King James. That's Jesus saying, I will declare your name, Father, to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, the church, the gathered people of God, Jesus says, I will sing praise to the Father. Isn't that cool? Jesus sings and praises the Father with us as we worship together. So he will declare the name of his Father to us in our midst. And sometimes as we are just worshiping Jesus, we may be inspired by God himself to begin to sing or to declare the name of the Father to the people. And Jesus actually will help us do that in the power of his spirit. We are a prophetic people. So I wonder, are we leaving room for Jesus to speak through the Holy Spirit in us? And then secondly, Jesus praises the Father through and with us. The Holy Spirit, in submission to Jesus, longs to express worship and praise through our mouths and our bodies. So we can then, as um, Romans 12.1 says, says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So let's offer our bodies as living sacrifices. When we come and we gather together to worship as God's people, let's bring our offering and let's see how God would move through us, through our expression of worship. And that doesn't mean necessarily that the whole church has to stop and listen to us. 
we can just worship God and our lives and our voices become a testimony as we just worship God wholeheartedly. This verse goes on, it says, we're singing with grace in our hearts. It's the Greek uh, charis, uh, literally just grace, or we can also translate it as thanksgiving, sometimes gratefulness. But singing with grace in our hearts. This is foundational. For grace to be in our hearts, that teaching must come from somewhere. So our songs and our lives should be filled with grace. There's one reason I, I so often encourage our church family, be regularly reading your Bible, be taking in God's word to you, be taking in the, the good news uh, of Jesus. Because if grace is going to be in your hearts, you've got to fill your hearts with grace. And God is so good at doing that. So our songs, we want what we're singing to be filled with grace. And this gives a good base uh, when we need to admonish the church. We need to speak to one another or even bring some correction. If we have that good grace foundation, then we can both give correction well and receive correction well, not just in a meeting, but in our relationships privately. So this goes on, says that we are to sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, not just about him. We're not only singing uh, factual truth about God, but we are engaging with God directly. It's very good for our our hearts as we gather together to really be centered on Christ, like we're fixing our spiritual eyes on the Lord. We have immediate access to God's very presence through Jesus Christ. That means God is with us while we sing. It means God is with you while you sing. You can engage with him according to the truth, to this truth that God is with you. He's not distant. He's not far away. He's with you. So engage with God as if this is true, because it is. He's real, he's approachable, and he loves to hear from you. And he loves to hear from his church as we gather together. And we're going to sing about Jesus. No matter what else we're doing, right? No matter what you do in in, uh, word or deed, whatever you do, do all in the name of of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we are singing about Jesus. We're singing about his powerful name. And again, not just in our meeting, but in our whole lives, whatever we do. That can be when we come together and we're making the coffee that day. We brought the donuts that day. We're greeting people and welcoming people at the door that day. We're, we're praying for one another before the meeting, after the meeting. We're, we're having a good time being together, but we're doing all of this in the name of Jesus. And then when we go to work on Monday morning, we engage in our jobs in the name of of Jesus. And our songs, when we're together, and maybe when we're listening to the radio or just singing in the car, sing about Jesus. Sing about the powerful name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. So, and then we are singing with thanksgiving. It says, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
So thanksgiving from grateful hearts is the final uh, final point we're going to take from Colossians 3, 16 and 17. We're singing with thanksgiving from grateful hearts, reminding ourselves of the blessing, the favor, the, the choosing, the redemption, the reconciliation, the salvation that is ours in Jesus. When we are reminding ourselves of all of these things, we are actually sowing massive crops of gratefulness in our hearts. So when we do this as a people over time, we keep sowing this way. We keep building this way. We keep building a worship culture that is, is functioning this way. This will keep us grounded in healthy, God-focused, gospel-centered worship. And we're all called to participate in this. So I'll leave you with this. What would it look like if we worshiped this way together? Even when we're entering into prayer, maybe intense things are going on in, in our world, and there are always intense things going on in the world, maybe in our personal lives or the, the life of the kind of the life of a nation or across the planet, there can be intense things. But what if even our intercession, our times of, of, of praying on behalf of others, what if they were filled with thanksgiving. They're filled with grace in our hearts, filled with the Word of God, filled with thanksgiving and confidence in our sovereign God. Not just on a good day, but on a bad day. If we're rooted and grounded into these principles as our life can and should be, just imagine what that looks like in the life of a local church. Father, I just pray you would help us to build this way in our church. Help us to build healthy foundations into the worship lifestyle of our church family as a whole and in every family and in every individual heart. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, thanks for joining us on this week's podcast. I hope to see you live on Sunday, 10 o'clock, uh, here in Spokane, Washington. On Hilliard or in Hilliard on Market Street. Love you guys. See you next time.